Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope you're doing well, my friends. Um, I am very excited to share today's episode, um, which is one that I've been looking forward to being able to put out and give to the audience and you guys for a while, and that is me as a guest on my friend Samantha Roberts show courageous conversations I really enjoyed getting to have this conversation with Samantha who will actually be a future guest on think unbroken um, as her and I sat down a few months ago and not only did I share a lot about my background and my story and and also some things that unless you really listen to a lot of me as a guest you probably haven't heard um but a lot of insight to what i think it means to ultimately go down this path to become unbroken um i like to share these kind of episodes with you guys because i i think it gives you a little bit more insight into me my thought process and what think unbroken truly means at the end of the day and samantha's a phenomenal interviewer and so i i felt 
both challenged and called to the moment, which is a really beautiful experience to have as someone who obviously does this all the time. Um, so I hope that you'll enjoy it. Take some moments, um, sit in it. And most importantly, what I want you to take away from this conversation that I have with her is just understanding the reality of what is ahead of your life. And that's anything that you choose, my friends. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Welcome to the Think Unbroken podcast. I'm your host, Michael Unbroken, and this podcast is about helping trauma survivors let go of the past, overcome their fear, discover their identity, become the hero of their own story, and ultimately to be unbroken. Our goal in company is to bring on guests and experts in the fields of mental, physical, and psychological health to help you overcome the past, to take back your power. And in this podcast, we are unedited and unfiltered, and we're going to give it to you real so that you can start to create massive change in your life. If you're curious about learning more outside the podcast, you can get a free copy of my book, Think Unbroken, at book.thinkunbroken.com. That's book.thinkunbroken.com, where you can get a copy of my number one bestselling book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma. The most important thing that you can ever do, my friends, is show up for yourself, and that's where you are today. And I appreciate you. I have massive gratitude for you. And without further ado, let's get into the show. We'll be right back to the show. But before we do, I want to take a moment and tell you about my new book, Unbroken Man, A Man's Guide to Being the Hero of Their Own Story. I sat down a few months ago and realized that there are so many men in the world that need guidance, that need support, that need to learn about trauma, removing themselves from toxic masculinity, breaking down the barriers to vulnerability, getting unstuck, and ultimately learning the tools to become the hero of their own story. Unbroken Man is available for pre-order right now if you go to men.thinkunbroken.com where you'll also get access to over $1,000 in bonuses, including the six-week in-depth trauma healing coaching app, which you'll get instant access to. I created Unbroken Man to be accessible to everyone around the world, but it is written for men from the guise of a man, and I hope that you will find it to be a practical tool on your healing journey in the same way that thousands of men around the world have. So check out men.thinkunbroken.com to pre-order, and until next time, be unbroken. Welcome back, everybody, to another Courageous Conversation for Storytelling by the Numbers. I'm your host, Samantha Roberts, and today I'm with Michael of Michael Unbroken, Think Unbroken. He's an incredible, uh, just entrepreneur entrepreneur in our joined communities. I've seen him show up so powerfully and share his story and his mission. I wanted to ensure that my community got an opportunity to hear his story direct from him and really highlight just the incredible mission that you're on. Michael, thank you so much for being with me. Yeah, thank you so much. It's a a pleasure. I'm excited to be here and talk to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm just engaged with the, the power I've heard you speak. So my backstory, obviously, is that I didn't speak for 12 years. I was nonverbal just coming out of my car accident and um, fell in on myself. And so when I hear powerful speakers articulate themselves, it, it really gives me that leg forward. It gives me that opportunity to remember who I was before. And I try not to speak about the before and the after as though it was a diminishing period. It was a long period, right? But it was this opportunity for me to step into kind of an awakening. And so when I first heard you speak the first time, it really 
like goosebumps throughout my entire body. I'm an energetic human being. When I hear somebody speak and their message really connects with me, I do feel it on a, on an energetic level. And then being able to witness kind of the commentary of the community as we all bore witness to, to your, your speaking style. Um, it just, it really connected and resonated with me. So I wanted to be sure to share my, you with my community today. I would love to give you the floor, introduce yourself, this mission that you're on and the powerful, uh, the powerful mentorship and community that you've guided yourself through in the last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the quick elevator pitch is, you know, I come from a pretty traumatic background. My mom was a drug addict and alcoholic. Uh, she actually cut off my right index finger when I was only four years old. So that sets precedent, right? And my stepfather, super abusive. By the time that I was 12 years old, I was getting high. I was getting drunk at 13, expelled from school at 15, got put into a last chance program. And then they were just like, here's your diploma. You got to get out of here. Um, <laughs> and, and I thought the solution for poverty was money. And so I chased money, but I saw my best friends getting arrested, my family getting arrested and going to jail and prison, uh, my three childhood best friends being murdered. And I thought to myself, if I'm going to go after money, I have to do it legally. I could already foresee the future. I had some run-ins, very fortunate to even be here right now, to be honest. And uh, I made a decision when I was 18 years old. I said, by the time I'm 21, I'm going to make $100,000 a year legally. And when I was 20, um, I landed a, a job working for a Fortune 10 company. And sure enough, next thing you know, like I was making that life come to pass. But the, the thing about money, which is what everybody always tells you, is like it doesn't make your life better. Um, and it exacerbated a lot of the problems that I have. And I was 350 pounds, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, drinking myself to sleep. And I was just at rock bottom because I hadn't done any of the work. I hadn't moved through healing and, and trying to overcome and work through the traumatic experiences I had as a child, because the way I always looked at the world was, it's not a big deal. It's not a problem. Just man up, put some dirt on it, get over it, stuff it down. And that doesn't work. We know that doesn't work, obviously. Right. And, and it led me into this place where at 26, I remember this moment of being a, a little boy and the water company coming and turning our water off. And I went to the backyard and I took this little blue bucket and I walked across the street to the neighbor's house. And at eight years old, it was the first time I stole as I turned on the spigot on the side of their house to have water. And I made this promise to myself. I was like, Michael, when you're grown up, this won't be your life. And then mm. come to pass that it wasn't my life. It wasn't impoverished, but I wasn't living. And I made this decision. I asked myself, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And the words, no excuses, just results, just mm -hmm. like started reverberating through my body. And in that moment, everything changed because I got super focused. And, and look, it's, it's uh, patience had to be deployed. That was 11 years ago. I'm talking to you today. There's a tremendous amount of work involved. And I had to go and get serious about all the things, serious about therapy, serious about personal development and growth and having mentors and coaches. And being the only civilian in rooms full of doctors and PhDs who are getting continuing education so I could get all these certifications and understand the impact of trauma and abuse, all this while you know, balancing life and being an entrepreneur and all the other things. And then fast forward all that time later, here I am talking to you. And it, I didn't sign up for this job, to be honest with you, Samantha. No part of me was ever like, you know, that'd be great. Let's talk about getting my ass kicked all the time as a kid and how it impacted me in my adult years. But the truth is, it's a conversation that needs to be had because 
child abuse truthfully is the elephant in the room in Western society, America particularly, and it impacts 83% of adults. I would argue it's probably actually higher. Statistically, I don't know that that, that has been studied to the length and depth that it could. Um, mm-hmm. And I would argue it's probably closer to 95%. And at the end of the day, my mission, the only thing I, I'm obsessed with, what, what makes me strive so greatly and the reason why I share the message and stand on the stages and do the podcasts and, and, and step into this role is because I want to end generational trauma in my lifetime. I don't want another child to go through what I had to go through to go through the hell and back that I did. And that's my mission. And that's what Think Unbroken is. Can we empower people to be the hero of their own story, thus creating this expansion of healing ops, and at the end of the day, making myself obsolete so that this role no longer serves a purpose? Yeah, it's it's really impactful and powerful. And I can definitely say with the courageous conversations I've had over the last year for this podcast series, um, it is the majority of, of entrepreneurs have some sort of abuse or trauma in their life. It, it has, you know, inevitably gives us the grit and the strength to keep pushing and to keep going. And it it is so true, you know, as, as it kid of childhood molestation and a little bit of time in the foster care system, I relate to the good work that you're engaged in. It's so, it's so relevant and so top of mind how many of us are damaged unnecessarily by the decisions of our family members or our community members who aren't protecting our innocence. And one of the great missions that I've, I've really engaged myself in is ensuring that we bring these topics to, um, standard conversation, right? Past generations would bury absolutely everything down. And it was as though it never happened. And I really, as an Oregonian, I resonate to that, you know, pull up your bootstraps and pretend nothing's wrong because that is absolutely how we lived. We, you know, no matter what was happening, we just pretended that everything was fine. And I remember having conversations with, um, with my peers in middle school and high school and just remembering the trauma that we'd all been through and how normal it was right and how and how it's just there was nothing being done sometimes these communities it runs rampant and because one generation went through it they put it on to the next and it's one of those things where if we have more guided structure from individuals such as yourself who are truly educating themselves, guiding themselves, ensuring that they're speaking the good language out into the world and making sure people understand that there's a different path potentially for, that there's ways to work through the trauma. We can hopefully break these generational trends. We can break the damaging cycles. And so I truly honor you for the good work that you did in the communities that you engaged yourself in, because that's what it does take. It requires somebody going into, you know, the rooms, as you said, with the doctors and and the other physicians, because, you know, there needs to be um, an accessibility, a community accessibility to the person who's sharing the message. You know, a bunch of lab coats coming in and saying, you have a problem in your community isn't going to fix it. It isn't going to change anything. Somebody such as yourself, who's lived in the darkness, who knows that there's a different path forward, who put himself in the rooms to get educated and, and continually certified, you're the catalyst. You're one of the catalysts who can truly shift this opportunity for so many of us. And I just, I would be curious to hear from you, maybe some, some engagement stories when you felt that a conversation you had 
lifted one individual at a time, right? Somebody where you were able to connect with them and highlight to them maybe a tip or a tool that was able to reframe that damage and pull them into a new way of thinking. Yeah, you know, it happens every day. Um, and, And then part of that is because of one, for lack of a better way to phrase it, amassing people who care to listen to what I have to say. And in the beginning, it was like everyone, we start at zero and there were no followers. There were no books. I didn't, I haven't done anything. I was just like, I'm going to try to do this. And Mm -hmm. there's been a magnitude of conversations over the years that I could point to. But I, I think more importantly, it's about what I would say is understanding something really beautiful about human beings. And that's that we all want to believe in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes in that process, we need somebody as a catalyst to just show us what's possible, mm-hmm. to show us that one step ahead. Like, I don't, I think about this all the time. I'm not somehow ahead of anyone. I don't know anything anyone doesn't know. I just happen to be one step forward. And that's how I look at the communities I'm involved in. That's why I have mentors. That's why I have coaches. That's why I have all these people in my life, because I'm always looking for that person who has just that one little thing right in front of me that I'm striving towards. And I think the greatest thing that I'm I'm able to do is to have conversation. People, you know, this is fascinating, Smith. I'll share this with you because it happens all the time. People will message me and I will respond to them. And they will go, I can't believe you actually responded. Like they're mm-hmm. somehow in shock. I am, I'm a human being. Like I'm not somehow greater than I'm, I'm equal to, and I am a peer in this. I now sure you can call me a leader. Fine. So be it. You know, you have to take that title if you're going to step into these arenas, but mm-hmm. I'm a peer. I'm on this mission too. I'm on this journey too. And so I think the most impactful thing that, that I do, since you asked me is I respond to people. I am engaged with people. I I want people in my community to be seen. Whether I have a one follower or a million or I write one book or 7,000, it doesn't matter to me. Like I want to show people because I felt invisible for so long. I felt voiceless for so long. I felt like nobody gets this and nobody understands. And then what I recognized and understood is that there's 8 billion people on planet Earth chances are somebody's been through this too. And, and I, I think that unfortunately there are a lot of people in this space because A, it is full of snake oil salesmen, which pisses me off in a way you can't even understand. I'm sure you can. Yeah. And B, it's about human connect. This is not about Michael. When I get on stages, I say the names Dom, David, Tyler, Tierra. Those are my siblings. I save those names to remind me why I do this. I don't do this for me. I don't do this for money. I don't do this for fame. I don't do it for anything other than to show people what's possible. When I wrote that book, I wrote the book because it was what I needed when I started this journey. And I assumed someone else would need it as well. And so even though people go, who do you think you are to write a book? And the grammar sucks. And you didn't even graduate high school. And you had straight F's and blah. I'm like, what does that have to do with me? Right. Uh That is not like, how do I serve people? Like, how do I show up? And I think to, and I know this is a long answer to your question, but the, the number one thing that I think that I do is I respond Mm -hmm. as much as humanly possible. I am only one person, but 
as much as humanly possible. I'll send people a voice note. I'll send people the response to the email. I'll take care of them when they want to get in the programs and they can't afford it. I will do whatever it takes to give people what they need to move forward because every single moment that I move forward in creating expansion is one step closer that I become to being obsolete. Yeah. I really, I really resonate with that. And just stepping outside of our own trauma because we can be and you said it, you said it clearly, the voice for the voiceless, right? That is definitely as someone who muted my own voice, being that catalyst and conduit for other people to share their message and their story. I mean, that's why every single day I'm in these courageous conversations, because I know that, you know, that time in darkness for me gave me special skill set to be able to see and hold space for others. I know what it's like to completely diminish myself and deplete my capacity in this, in this world. And it takes one to know one, right? And I think that's really the platform I live through is by, by owning my traumas and owning the things that I've come through, I know that I can hold space for someone who has not yet received the tools to do it for themselves, right? And, and the tools have made a big difference for me um, and understanding the languaging and the patterns, right? When, when, we look at, when we look at mental health, there are patterns that, that come up. And once we know them, we can, we can reflect into them and see how we can alter what it is we've come through. I know for me, I didn't realize that my strength and resilience was a defense mechanism. I had no idea, right? I had no, no connection to the fact that that was a defense mechanism and that that was something that could be worked through, that could be you know, leveraged as strength for somebody else, lean into me, I got you today, because I know where you've been, um, is, is something I've certainly started to live through. And I think what's really, you know, impactful about when we share our story, so that we can step out of it, right? I, I know for me, when I was burying my story down deep, and I wasn't sharing any part of it, the damage has an amplifying effect, right? One thing is a trigger for another. One diminishment is a catalyst for another. And when I started to get around individuals who courageously held their story, rather than the community environment where I was in, where everybody had a story and everybody squashed it, I started to feel myself unlock. I started to feel this compounding effect of strength from a different emotion, and I think that's really powerful for us to realize that the emotions that come out of trauma can be strength for a different reason rather than um, the darkness that they caused in that time. And the more that we openly and transparently share these journeys, the more that we can help our, our brothers and sisters unlock. I know my siblings, they didn't talk about the trauma that we went through at all until they were in their 20s. And you can see the implications of it in their lives and you can and we can see how by me facing it just a, a little bit earlier right it, i was able to step into a different frame of mind um and i'm an imperfect human there's it's a it's a long journey it's one of those things that we continue on um but i do find it really compelling that you know just being in communities where we normalize that this trauma has happened so that we can come together and create new avenues to amend it um, is incredibly uh, uplifting and powerful. And that connection you gave of the nearly 8 billion people on this planet, yes, somebody has been through what you've been through. I think one of the great 
isolating factors of trauma is that you think that you're alone because you've isolated it, because you've buried it, because you've um, diminished yourself through it. And once we start to realize that others are experiencing similar things, have experienced similar things in their lives, it truly does take the weight off. It takes the weight off the story. It takes the weight off the, the trauma and it opens up the conversation. What's, what are some courageous conversations you've been having with leadership, individual, individuals in leadership capacity that you find beneficial as catalysts for, for creating momentum and change in our communities? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and community is everything, right? I think about so much of this journey and the process of like actually creating change being invoked by being in association with people who are like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm there with you. I've, I've had that experience, right? Going through individual therapy, like while it served purposes was great. And while going through individual coaching, while that served purposes, it was great. But like stepping in the community with intention and clarity about why you are there serves such a, in my experience, serves such a greatest, greater purpose as being a catalyst to exponential change because we're communal species by nature. I mean, we need, we need support. We need to not be alone. It's the same reason and why if babies aren't held, they die, right? I mean, we have to be a part of human connection because that is what we are. And, and while we may not have the same features or same accent or same whatever, we are innately still of the same. And, and like, I think people fail to realize that because it's the diversive world that we live in in consideration of the times and in consideration of the way that people are meant to understand that we should preface everything with the color of your skin and the quality of your clothing and the car you drive and shit that doesn't matter. And when you remove yourself from that and you understand at the end of the day, like you're going to die. So you might as well be along with people who are there to support you, to commend you, to at times mend you, right? And to to bring you along with them, then you understand something really powerful. And that is that you, in fact, are not alone. But there, are, to answer your question, I'm going somewhere with this, but to get to that place, you you have to first understand this thing called acknowledgement, to look at and 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 take your life into consideration in a way that you say, yes, some bad things happened to me, but no, I'm not culpable because the reality is like, it's, you're not responsible for the stuff that happened to you as a child. Like it's, you're not. Now that's a hard thing because people don't understand that until they understand that. And I can't right. force feed that into anyone. We'll be right back, but I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about the Think Unbroken six-week trauma healing coaching program. If you go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com, you can sign up for the six-week daily Think Unbroken Trauma Healing Coaching Program. In this program, we're going to go over the six principles of healing trauma, adaptation, understanding the impacts of trauma, how to become the hero of your own story, what to do next, and ultimately what it means to be unbroken. For more information about this six-week coaching program, which you can download as an app on your phone and take with you everywhere, no matter where you are in the world, it's interactive. It's built about giving you practical tools that you can use in real time. And if you're ready for what's next in your life, go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Again, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Now let's get back to the show. 
and with that ex- and with that accountability of removing ex- removing culpability right because there is a level you have to hold yourself accountable to it and go this isn't my fault i know that sounds crazy but in practice it works and you just have to like step into it more and when you do that more and more and more what you recognize is that you have this unlimited potential because you remove the weight that's carried from this idea that you've associated that the bad things that happen to you are your fault and you step into this sense of freedom for lack of a better way to phrase it. And within the context of that freedom, you start to tap into this thing called vulnerability. And within vulnerability, you create connection, right? And I talk about community connection, commitment, and connection is a huge part of it because as you become vulnerable, you connect with people in a way that they relate and they go, oh, wow, I understand that because that is my experience in my journey. And when it comes to leadership, I think vulnerability is at the baseline of how you become an effective leader, of how you create change, of how you use your words to impact the world. Because holding it in, pushing it down, getting over it, putting some dirt over it, pretending that things aren't wrong in the business, pretending that life is perfect, pretending and just in general, pretending is going to destroy you. It's going to destroy what you've built. It's going to destroy everything around you. And I'm not saying that there's not an uphill battle in that. And there's not spaces where you must protect your employees or you must protect your community and you must keep things close to the chest because most certainly you do because that's the nature of what being a leader is. But it also means having the, the wherewithal to be vulnerable in the times in which you need to be a leader, an actual leader, not this idea. And people throw the word leader around so much, but they're not leading and they're not doing anything, they're not impacting anything, right? A leader is a person who will fall on the sword and give the spoils to their team, right? That's to me as being a leader. And in that, you have to come to realize, like I think about this every day, you know, and, and I have different businesses, I have different things that I'm involved in. Uh, it's not about me. It's about my team. It's about can I employ someone? It's can I help someone make their life better? Whether they work for me overseas or next door or in in my own office, like it doesn't matter to me. The one thing that matters is can we empower people? And people want to be with leaders who are vulnerable so that they feel safe to step into the conversation about what's happening in their life. See, corporate America has ruined being an employee for people, right? There's nothing wrong with being an employee, right? I don't, you know, people go, I must be an entrepreneur, I must grow this thing, but you can be an amazing number two or number three or CMO or VP or whatever. You don't always have to run the show, but who wants to work with someone who's not willing to be real? Right. If corporate America taught me something really beautiful, like working for a Fortune 10 company at 20 years old, which is kind of chaotic, taught me something really amazing. And what that is, is that corporate America has forgotten that they're the one who needs you as opposed to it being the opposite. And I think if people in those, and, and not only just in, in, in business, but in, in your communities, in your churches, in your neighborhoods, at, at the rec center, at the basketball court, everywhere, if, if leaders, people who view themselves as leaders are willing to step into vulnerability, you will be able to be a more effective leader because people will actually care what you have to say. I don't want to be with someone who wears a mask all day. Like, what's that? That's not being human being. And I want connection, right? I want be a part of that connection. I want to be a part of the community. But as a leader, you got to you got to commit to it and be willing to face your faults. And you got to be willing to speak your voice. You got to be willing to talk about the hard things because I don't know that it's ever easy. I don't know that it ever gets easy. Right. And that doesn't mean it's always hard. 
That doesn't mean it's always tremendously difficult. Sometimes you're just in the middle, but how do you create anything of impact of scale of change of value of anything without first being like, this is who I am. I really resonate with that. Definitely having come through New York City, corporate America, we are uh, inherently cutthroat, ruthless, and um, you're taught you're taught how to wear a mask every single day. Um, the way the way that you speak, the way that you wear your hair, the colors you wear, all of it is dictated. And I don't say dictated in a casual format. I mean, truly, if you step outside the box on any given day, you're reprimanded, which is an entirely um, just innocuous way to lead your people, right? It does it does not serve the greater good. And I understand that of the 40s and 50s, when, or I mean, of the you know the 80s when when corporate America really took off in a big way, you were streamlining and systematizing the energy and the environment so that you could ensure um, standardized results. But as technology has adapted and amended. Right. There's no longer need to systematize your people. The skill set and the and the ingenuity comes from their unique path, their unique point of view. When you amplify the potential of a human being based on their their um, unique expertise, that's when these businesses have an opportunity to really flourish and grow. And I did opt to to exit corporate based on that masking that was required every day and seeing incredible human beings in leadership positions, in leadership capacity, diminish themselves on a consistent and regular basis because they thought, exactly as you pointed out, removing their own humanity was the only way to excel in their in their line of work. And for me, I, I believe in the individual experience so much that that wasn't something that I could stand for. I'm incredibly good at what I do in data analytics and strategy, but to see a dear friend of mine diminish herself on a regular basis, because that's what she found required for her senior leadership position. It just, it, it's heartbreaking. And it is, it is, um, it's interesting, the usage of the word culpable and removing that, that diminishing factor from our, from our sense of self right? Yes, we take ownership of it so that we can reframe it as a gift or as leverage into serving others. I think that's incredibly, I think that's incredible, incredibly poignant. Uh, and I, I dig into it. I think it's really compelling to sit in that space where we are in the need of the reframe. We have these experiences within our culture that are, are underserved, are underserving us. And until we normalize the conversation, bring them to the forefront, I mean, the the times won't change, but we're all gifted with this 2020 reset where we're choosing self-worth again, or maybe for the first time in our adult lives, we're choosing capacity to bring awareness to what it is we stand for. I know for myself, it was a true awakening opportunity for me to see, here are some bad habits that I'm allowing to maintain in my life. Right. And and I think some of the points that you made about vulnerability as a baseline in leadership, that connects so powerfully for me. Um, and through these courageous conversations that I've had with all these leaders from around the world, vulnerability truly is becoming normalized across both sexes, which I think is a powerful reframe that we're gaining in recent years. What are your thoughts on on really just 
courageous conversation across both sexes and how they're adapting and changing in recent years compared to, you know, the solitude that our, our men were forced to live through before. Yeah. I mean, we're just starting. Um, you know, I can look at my analytics. I look at my data all the time being very, I don't want to call it infatuated, but curious. And I'll, I'll dive in. I look at everyone who does everything involved with my companies and, and then think unbroken it's 81% female driven and the initiatives that I have for including men in the conversation at scale are, are, I want to use the word tedious because you look at it and you measure it and you go, damn guys, like, come on, it's fine. But I get it. Right. And I look at it and I go, I understand where this comes from because I was a part of that for years. And so I think we just need more men to step up, but also on the other side of Samantha, which is a caveat that people don't talk about enough that I think is a huge catalyst and why men don't is that there's now this shift in, in culture with a lot of women where there's judgment cast to men who are vulnerable. And now women are calling them weak. It used to be just like guys calling each other weak, but now you start to see it from women as well. And I go, well, that's not really conducive to anything practical for anyone. Like we have to give each other the space and and look, that's hard. That's difficult because we're, we're told it, it like, just take a pill for it. Take the pill. Why are you complaining to me? Take the pill. You're fine. Right. This mm -hmm. pharmaceutical industry is like corrupting what we're capable of doing. And I think that people are looking for the short term fix so often that it, it cannibalizes your ability to actually heal. And that's really, I think at the crux of the conversation is, you know, we have to all speaking of being leaders, lead by giving people permission to show up as they are. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have to push people. That doesn't mean we don't have to call people out on their bullshit, because we most certainly do. And I want that too. The people around me know, like, call me out, please let me know. But at the end of the day, like, if we're not giving each other the space and, and holding space doesn't mean for me, and I, it's different for everyone, it doesn't mean you just come out and lay all your crap out on the floor and not do anything about it. It means perfect. I'm here to support you. Now, what are you going to do about it? Right. Which I think is really a part of it. And, and we have to get to this place where, where being masculine isn't tied to somehow being a robot. And I think we're moving towards that yeah. more, yeah. but it's, I think we're in its infancy. I don't know that whatever this revolution is, and I don't even know that revolution is necessarily the right word, but whatever it is, that is the, the swinging of the pendulum to the other side and creating the space where, where men can have a conversation. I think we're a long way away, right? One of my best friends, well, we're no longer best friends. There's, you know, I think when you grow, people will separate and those things happen. But I was best friends with my best friend for a very, very, very long time. And we hugged three times in the entirety that I knew him. And it was so incredibly uncomfortable for both of us. And now I just, you know, I hug my best friends all the time. Male, female, it doesn't matter. Like I want to be in connection with people. But also here's the other thing that I think is important too is like, to not be in alignment with people who don't support who you are as an emotional human being, because if your conversations back and forth and, and there, this exists within the context of, I assume being a woman, I don't know, because I am not one, but I assume on both sexes and all sexes, however you identify, it doesn't matter. But as a human being, there's that, that juxtaposition of creating acceptability and having a framework to have the conversation without judgment. And I think that's, what's missing. 
on both sides. And so, yes, we're in this position where it's starting to take a step forward, but we're still miles away from what I think we have the potential to do. And I think that when we get closer to empowering each other to have these conversations at scale, without judgment, without shame, without guilt, without people going and talking shit behind your back and without people stopping you in your tracks and going, well, well, you should just go to therapy or take the pill or, you know, poison yourself with, with, with alcohol and go party it away all night. And I can go on and on and on, but ultimately at the end of the day, I think what it is, is about, can we step into it? And again, this word vulnerability comes up in another way, but not, not in this way where it's farced, right? Not where it's so far-fetched that your vulnerability is implausible, which I think happens undeniably all too often, but instead to sit it and go, you know, I'm having a bad day. I need like whatever's going on in this job, whatever's going on in this business, whatever's going on in this relationship, whatever's going on in this community, I'm having a bad day. I don't want to deal with you guys. I need to go take care of myself and not shame people into that or force people to fight through it either way. Now, there's also a space for a conversation to say, are you taking it easy or are you taking care of yourself? And that's a different conversation. But ultimately, I think it all comes down to we have to increase our communication with each other and do so in a way that allows people to just be people. Yeah, absolutely. I really resonate with that. I'm someone who didn't cry one tear until I was 18 years old. And I actually learned my emotion from, you know, my artist and creative friends uh, in New York City or in my 20s. Um, And I've now I've really tapped into the power of emotion. And being someone who grew up without it, it really I, I resonated more with the masculinity side of, of my community rather than the feminine side. And I'm learning femininity now, which is fascinating um, really to see just the power of vulnerability is really what, you know, so many of us associate femininity with, but vulnerability and innate strength. There's an incredible strength to bolt to vulnerability from either sex. And I've noticed in my community, I truly do attract men who are in tune to their emotional strength and their emotional well-being and i've and i feel very blessed right that i've i've engaged myself in a community where we're open both feminine and masculine to the power of emotion um and especially because i'm a i'm a late add to to that arena right as someone who didn't know the the complexity and the strength that comes from vulnerability you know, my mask always had been that I'm strong, I'm resilient, you can throw anything at me, and I will always land on my feet. When I discovered that there's more strength and vulnerability than strength in being resilient, my life transformed, my life completely transformed, because it, it was a powerful reframe that I needed. And then I noticed that when I stepped into that space, I was attracting all these individuals who had, you know, the complexity of their emotions, um, as something they've been introspective on, right? That good work you talked about of, are you resetting your emotional strength and do you need to step away? It's okay to step away. It's okay to refill your cup. It's okay to refill your reservoir. It's okay to tell your friends that you need some time. Um, And again, this is something that so many adults across the nation, across the world have never been gifted, right? The opportunity to be vulnerable in their own capacity and to say that, you know, I'm not okay today. That's one of the things we talk about so much in these courageous conversations is the fact that it's okay to announce when you need help. It's okay to raise your hand and say, I need, I need my community support right now. It's okay to allow yourself the vulnerability of, of openness, 
right, of openly trans, uh, sharing and, and lifting others through that capacity as well. I mean, we've touched on so many beautiful components components and elements of courageous conversation today, Michael, I'm, in, I'm incredibly grateful to you for the stance that you're taking in this arena and, and the space that you hold. I'd love to give you the floor maybe for some final call outs and opportunity for this community to reach into you and understand how they can work together with you. Yeah, you know, the uh, same thing I always tell everyone, like, um, you know, at the end of the day, and, and I love what you said, and I, I just want to coattail on it briefly. You can you can ask for all the help in the world, but it doesn't matter if you don't do something with it. Yes. And and I just want people to sit with that because it's so important because there's no Disney moments. There's no one coming to rescue you. There's no magic fairy who's going to change your life overnight. You are going to have to do the work. And I wish that weren't the case. If I could magic make a magic pill and be like... Your life's better. I certainly would. We wouldn't be having this conversation, but that's not how this works. And that's not how it will ever work. And so when you elicit into the world, I want this, I need this, I desire this, then do something with it. Because if you don't, then there's no point. Right. And I know that's hard. It's an uphill battle. It's going to take time. It's just like the first time you ride a bike, you, you show up and someone's behind you while you're on training wheels and they're holding the back of the seat and you're, you're scared, but you go for it. And then they let go, but you still have the training wheels. And then one day after you get comfortable with it, you remove those and it's just you on the bike and then you fall down and then you get up and then you fall down, you get up and you fall down and you get up and that is life. And the one thing I'll say is like, I'm not somehow perfect. I don't know anything anyone doesn't know. And I make mistakes every single day. And I use those mistakes as data points and I measure them and I go, okay, what can I not do tomorrow? How can I get 1% better? How can I get 5%? How can I just be more in alignment with the person that I am and my wants, needs, interests, values, boundaries, and mission and motto, my everything, the vision I have for the world. And with all the things, people invest all the time in this stuff and they don't do anything with it. You have to show up for yourself. You have to do that. You can ask God's spirit universe to come and deliver you whatever you need, but to not do anything with it is asinine. And so that said, um, you can find me everywhere. I'm at Michael Unbroken. It's on all the things. Um, but more importantly, you can read my book for free. It's at traumahealingbook.com. And yeah, it's the number one best-selling book. If you want to go buy it, go buy it. But I'd rather you just read it. Do something with it. Create something in your life. Take it. You know, you might be watching this right now and you're like, yo, this is what I needed. Well, go do something about it. Really, really powerful. I've definitely shared a lot of your links um, in the show notes for here. Um, I think it's really, really compelling just the conversations you're engaged in and that willingness to call people on their on their diminishing factors, right? It's important sometimes to have your some somebody who's trusted, hold the mirror of reflect, reflection back to you um, and, and curate and create a community where the safe space is allowable for that transformation, right? That introspection it does, it does take a lot of, a lot of good work and time for you to be introspective, but some of your bit, biggest catalytic conversions in your life come from somebody holding the correct mirror in front of you in the moment when you require it. And I think, you know, the, the, the processes, the work that you do is, is creating that opportunity, um, for so many. And so I just, I really honor you. I thank you so much for your time today. I thank you for diving into so many different areas of, 
you know, vulnerability and transparency and ownership of your journey and taking that, that opportunity to, to reflect for each one of us that our journey is ours. It's ours because we can leverage it to do good in the world. We can remove ourselves from the baseline of the stories that our lessons come forward. I think that's incredibly transformative. The more courageous conversations you and I each have, I know that we are catalysts in our communities. I know that our transparency here today will be well received by those who are ready to make that shift, that that conversion in their life. It's not easy. The good work is hard. It's challenging. You will find dark days, but when you know that you're in an environment or in conversation with others who can see you hold space for you and allow that transformation to take hold, um, it compounds and new opportunities unwrap before you. And so Michael, again, thank you so much for being with me today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. I hope everyone will reach into Michael if there's, if he has served you powerfully, if there's something in his, his, his good work that can, can benefit you and your community. Obviously I've dropped all of his links in the chat. We're here to, to serve you for everybody watching now and in the future. This was another courageous conversation with your host, Samantha Roberts for storytelling by the numbers. Thank you all so much. Unbroken Nation, hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode. I want to know what you think. Please do me a favor and review, rate, and share the episode with three friends on social media today. It would mean the world if you did, because ultimately at the end of the day, creating community and connection is how we heal generational trauma in the world. And I need your help to do that, Unbroken Nation. So if you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are, please like comment, share, review. I want to know not only what you like about the show, but how I can make the show better, how I can make this further about helping you on your healing journey. So do me a favor. And when you do shoot me a screenshot of you making the review to my DM at Michael Unbroken on Instagram so that I can have a conversation with you, say hi, and more importantly, so I can share it with the Unbroken Nation. Thank you so much, my friend. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.